This is an AI Group podcast. With the extension of the JobKeeper scheme, legislative amendments have been made to extend the operation of the short-term flexibility provisions of the Fair Work Act 2009. I'll be discussing more details of these JobKeeper enabling directions to employees and on making certain agreements and other issues with AI Group's Head of National Workplace Relations, Stephen Smith. Welcome, Stephen. So Stephen's prepared a detailed AI group advice on these extended measures, which is now available for employers. Steve, why was the extension itself necessary and what are the implications for businesses? And I understand there are two categories of these changes. One's for employers who qualify under the new JobKeeper provisions and the other one's for legacy employers who don't qualify. So what is the situation there? These provisions in the Fair Work Act have been in operation since uh, earlier this year. But with the original JobKeeper scheme, uh, you know, being modified from the end of September, uh, there's been an extension to the JobKeeper scheme until the end of March. And these Fair Work Act provisions have been extended until the end of March. But there are really two key categories here. The first is, for those uh, companies that remain eligible for what we'll call JobKeeper 2.0, the scheme that kicks in from the end of September until the end of March, and then there are other provisions in these Fair Work Act changes for those employers that were eligible for the original JobKeeper scheme that runs until the end of September, but are not eligible for JobKeeper 2.0, those employers, if they have at least a 10% reduction in turnover, get access to some significant flexibilities, but different ones somewhat from the companies that are eligible for JobKeeper 2.0. Just don't go that far. Okay. Well, let's go through a few of them. There's some. There's quite a lot of detail here, but of course, let's start with annual paid annual leave. And we'll go through just for the ones that are entitled to the new JobKeeper, as you say, 2.0 scheme that's going to go till March next year. So what's happening around annual leave? Well, in the provisions that are in operation at the moment, these uh, JobKeeper enabling provisions in the Fair Work Act, there's an ability to reach agreement with employees on the taking of annual leave, but significantly an employee is not able to unreasonably refuse to take annual leave. Now, those provisions are wrapping up at the end of September, so then it will just fall back to the general provisions in the Fair Work Act about the taking of annual leave. So up until the 28th of September, employers have got some uh, enhanced rights to require people to take annual leave. Oh, but that, so that will apply also to the legacy um, JobKeeper. This one's the annual leave things change for everybody from the end of September. Yeah, it's a, the annual leave rights of employers under these arrangements discontinue from the uh, 28th of September. So okay. A, a short-term thing that's uh, being discontinued. That's discontinued, okay. So I know from the first time when these these first were introduced, these concessions, these, these abilities to do more under the Act, the one of the big issues was around stand-down directions. So how will that apply for people eligible for the new JobKeeper? Yes, well, they're 
are some significant rights still for those that are eligible for JobKeeper 2.0. Um, they will continue to be able to issue what's known as JobKeeper enabling stand-down directions. And these directions are able to be issued to employees to reduce their hours to a lesser number of hours or even uh, to zero hours. Um, you know, there are stand-down provisions generally in the Fair Work Act, but they can sometimes be difficult to apply to a scenario where, of course, you might have some work but not the same amount of work. So these JobKeeper enabling stand-down directions subject to the consultation and reasonableness requirements and so on uh, are for use to reduce an employee's hours of work in appropriate circumstances. Have these been used a lot during the current crisis? Yes, uh, of the various forms of directions and forms of agreement under these Fair Work Act provisions, the JobKeeper enabling stand-down directions are the most commonly utilised ones. Because it helps to keep the business operating with reduced staff and otherwise they wouldn't be able to do this or what they would need to um, permanently make staff redundant as an alternative. Yeah, so if the uh, company only has the ability to offer, say, a couple of days of work a week to uh, employees who would ordinarily be full-time, these forms of direction can be issued to reduce employees' hours back to two days a week. There are some significant uh, uh, you know, th things that employers need to comply with. Of course, these are employers that are receiving the JobKeeper payments. So, of course, the employer needs to pass on the JobKeeper payments to employees and there are also, uh, you know, a range of requirements around what employees have to be paid, um, what consultation provisions uh, apply. All of those things are set out in the, the detailed written advice. Okay. Now, another area of uh, extension under the Act of these provisions for JobKeeper are about directions about duties of work. What's the situation there? Yeah, this is another form of JobKeeper enabling direction where the employer can give eligible employees a direction to carry out different duties as long as the duties are ones that uh, don't expose the employee to uh, unsafe work and of course if the employee needs to have the right licenses and qualifications to perform the work but you know the employer might have uh, you know duties for the employee to carry out say in a warehouse even though the employer's shop front is not open so it's uh, an ability to direct people to carry out different duties. I was at the golf club the other day and there was a, a woman doing cleaning the golf carts and she said she was in marketing. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment like that. There is, but that, that's an example of the sort of thing where reasonableness comes in yeah. as to yeah. what, what duties might be reasonable. That's a small business, so <laughs> there's a lot of flexibility is allowed there. So uh, another aspect is days and times of work agreements for these people now eligible for Mark II of JobKeeper. Yeah, these are another form of agreement as opposed to a direction that the employer can reach agreement with an employee to work at different 
times or on different days. So say an employee normally works uh, Monday to Friday, uh, this would be an ability to reach agreement with the employee to work on, uh, on, on different days. Um, you know, perhaps an easier example might be a part-timer that works Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The employer has work only on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, the employer can say, well, we, we need you to work on Thursday. Um, the employee can only refuse if reasonable in the circumstances. And if, uh, if there's any dispute, the Fair Work Commission can arbitrate. Okay. So let's look briefly then at the other category. So you're a business now who has been on JobKeeper, but now you no longer qualify. What do they need to be considering for the next six months or so? In the um, explanatory materials for the legislation, these employers are called legacy employers. And these are employers that were entitled to JobKeeper, but they've recovered sufficiently so that they're not uh, entitled to the JobKeeper 2.0 scheme. You know, say they had a 40% uh, decline in turnover and now uh, they're, they're only experiencing a 20% decline in turnover. They won't be entitled to the new JobKeeper scheme. But as long as they have a decline in turnover of at least 10%, um, then they have access to some more limited forms of flexibility through directions and forms of, of agreement. And what, what sort of um, access do they have there? What sort of issues do they have access to? Yeah, well, the, the, the starting point is, well, how do they show that they have experienced this 10% reduction in turnover? And it's quite a, a detailed set of requirements. The employer has to go and get a decline in turnover certificate from either an accountant, you know, a professional accountant or a registered tax agent or a, a BAS uh, agent. Now, if they're a very small business of, with less than 15 employees, they can prepare a statutory declaration, but they're very tough penalties associated with either not giving the full or accurate information to the accountant or one of those agents that I mentioned, or for completing a false stat deck. But assuming that they have the 10% reduction in turnover, then they get access to some overlapping forms of flexibility as to what we've talked about for the other employers, but more limited uh, flexibility. A couple of examples of the flexibility they would get? Yeah, so take uh, JobKeeper enabling stand-down directions. Uh, for an employer that's eligible for JobKeeper 2.0, they can uh, reduce employees' hours back to uh, anything up to zero hours. But for these legacy employers, they can only reduce an employee's hours back to 60% of what hours the employee was working on the 1st of March 2020, before the pandemic hit. Okay. And there's more details of those in the employer um, advice that's been prepared, and that is available on our website at aigroup.com.au. 
can go through that there. And so I've been talking to Stephen Smith, our group's head of national workplace relations, and just noting this podcast has been produced with the support of the Commonwealth Government, represented by the Fair Work Ombudsman. Thanks a lot, Steve, and we'll uh, be talking some more about some of these issues in the coming weeks. 